0: Howdy, and welcome to the Pancakes and Good Bull Podcast. I'm Aiden.
1: And I'm Peyton. We're so glad you're joining us. Whatever you're doing while you're listening, whether that's going on a run, driving, or sitting down with friends and eating some pancakes, we hope you feel at home.
0: We want to invite you into our friendship as we sit down with some good people and talk about Good Bull.
1: Let's get this show on the road.
0: All right, so this is episode three of Pancakes and Good Bull. Um, We're here today with Micah. Um, go ahead and just, I'll let you introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, my name is Micah, indeed. And I, um, what to say? I don't know. I'm a dad. I'm a graduate of Texas AM, class of 2012. Oh. A woo. Um, yeah, studied civil engineering, and I am not a civil engineer. So, um,. Yeah, I'm here now. I've stayed in town working with Youth Impact, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later. Oh heck, yes. And uh, yeah, that's me.
0: All right. Yeah. So um, first question we're going to ask you is, um, what do you like more, waffles or pancakes?
2: Okay. I'll first say this: I'm I really hate having favorites. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a struggle for me. Okay? I struggle
1: with that too, honestly. Okay. So. okay yeah
2: so i think though if i can do this i can say they each have a place a rightful place because i do love waffles <laughs> <laughs> but i had pancakes this morning and obviously just again with you guys oh, dang. so
0: <laughs> tell me
2: yeah. like to hear so I what's know. the place for each one i guess it's just like what you're feeling you know because you're right i when i listened to you guys first episode The waffles they have like a crispiness But that can be really, really yummy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like a really thick waffle that's kind of crispy. But then a really good pancake. We make lots of, uh, with pancakes we like put stuff in them. So Mm -hmm. like blueberries, chocolate chips, put bananas on top.
0: So one time I was in high school and I went over to somebody's house, stayed the night, their mom put corn in the pancakes. Corn? Corn, like no. like whole pieces of corn. <laughs> and, like, you would eat it, and it would just pop. And I'd be like, what was that? And they were like, oh, you can't tell? And I was like, no, I don't got a clue what this is. <laughs> and they're like, it's corn. And I was like, Mm-mm. I'm not a fan of this. Where are is the regular pancakes? Full? I'm not hungry anymore. What
1: happened? <laughs> yeah. No. That's so funny. No, we just <laughs> have pancakes with you right now. Tell, yeah. tell our audience... Um, which pancake did you think was better? So okay. we did kettle versus Cracker Barrel pancakes and me and Aiden are very biased, so I am a Cracker Barrel girl,
2: he likes kettle, but Micah, we, ha- we needed him to tie break it, so. Yes, here we go. Um, cracker Barrel one, uh, I will just have to say, it just had, um, what I like to say, a better flavor profile. Just had just a little more to it, I don't know, maybe it's like some cinnamon or who knows, Extra love.
0: <laughs> That's our, uh, love. it's the opinion from Chef Micah.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my professional, what did I say, my professional food network opinion. Yes. Network. HGTV right here. HGTV. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. All right, so moving into the first category, it's going to be fatherhood. Um, mm-hmm. You did say you were dad. Um, how old's your son?
2: Okay, Silas is about
0: to be a year. About to be okay, a year? Yeah, just a couple a
2: weeks. It's a fun age. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy. It's awesome.
0: So, what's something a father has taught you? Something being a father has taught you?
2: Um, man, when I sat and thought about this question, um, the thing that really came to mind was how much time I had, and if that makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, what I mean is, um, I think I just, like, realized, because every evening now is full of, like, hanging out with him getting him ready for bed, all that stuff, and, um, you know, as a, I guess an adult who's now out of college and living adult life and adult rhythms, um, I feel like we just, everyone always thinks we don't, don't have time, we don't have time, and then something changes in your life and you realize, oh my gosh, I had so much time and I was just wasting it in so (laughs) many different ways, Um, so, I don't know, that's kind of maybe a weird answer, maybe not what anyone expected me to say,
0: I mean I feel like I can understand that like we just yeah. we get so caught up in what we're doing that we don't see how much time we actually yeah. have mm-hmm, absolutely yeah.
2: yeah so it just gets harder now to like go out and see people like even coming here to do this podcast mm-hmm. I had to like make sure it was good with my wife to be away for that day you mm-hmm. know or right. today and that she could handle him and you know by herself not that she she obviously can handle him but that she was our schedule was allowed it you know yeah so uh, yeah
1: I can definitely see that Andrew too, because I think like even this past year with the pandemic, it's made everyone realize like what's important and, what and how to spend their time. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
2: Yeah, it's also made me realize I love being at home <laughs> because we're home all the time and with him, especially because of quarantine and all that. Uh, but now obviously things are a little more flexible, but it's like I would still choose to be home most days because mm-hmm. I just, you know, it's fun to be be home with him and my yeah. you wife, know, the three of us. It's a fun little tripod. Yeah. That's
1: awesome. Do you have any advice for new dads? I mean, you're still probably a new dad yourself. Yeah, but...
2: I new. <laughs> um, man, I think the thing I would say is um, because it really has been a joy for us. Like, a lot of people say your first year as a parent or the first five years are just, you're never gonna sleep, Mm -hmm. you're never gonna see friends, you're gonna forget how to brush your teeth because you're never gonna have time to or whatever. And for us, it's really been a blast. It's been a ton of fun. So, and I think what's made that so true is that we like had our child like in a time of life when we were as ready as we could be and we were like trying for it so um i would say like you're the advice i guess i'd give is like you're never really ready um but you should just sure as heck don't try to have kids unless until you've like tried to be ready Does that (laughs) that makes sense that's that's the kind of advice i'd give for anyone um you know excited to have kids and just that way you can be ready to like enjoy them mm-hmm. and shift your life around so it's can be around them like they need it you know yeah. right so yeah,
0: yeah. um so what's your favorite part about being a dad
2: man i think especially lately it's just getting to connect with him um it's yeah it's so wild um getting to see him like Become, he's really developing personality mm-hmm. and um, like kind of his own, like who he is. You're really starting to see that now as mm-hmm. he's getting close to a year old. And and he's like responding to you a lot more. Um, and, and he kind of like, you know, even if I'm playing with him in his room, I may sit down in his chair and he's like off doing something else and he wants to come over and like see you for a couple minutes and yeah. he wants to be held and then he wants to go off again. Mm-hmm. And I think just like, um, connecting with them um it it's I just love it so much it, honestly that's like what um I feel like I see I really do see God's heart behind creating humanity is because of it you really see how much like delight he might have in us you know if I can have this much delight over this little creature mm. that I've barely known for a little bit um man what how is God like delight in us you know just to see us do things Mm -hmm. that literally don't really even matter that much, and he's just like, ah, this is, but this is what you're made for, you know? It's, I don't know, it's awesome. I love that. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have a fun little (laughs) segment here, because Micah told us that he supports arranged marriages. yeah. And I'm just curious, like, what, how did that come about that you support them? Yeah. Like, what do you mean by that?
2: Yeah. Okay. So, this comes from um, personal experience. Not that I had an arranged marriage. Okay. But I was so stressed out by dating Mm -hmm. that I just kind of wished somebody would, like, answer that first question for me. Like, who should I marry? And if somebody would just be like, this is who you need to marry, and if you can figure out the rest from there. I, that's I just remember thinking that would be so nice. But yeah. but that really like I guess developed from when I got to go to India a few times, and I you know heard of arranged marriages, whatever, and just thought that they're inherently terrible. You know, people like forcing their kids together for political gain or something. I don't know <laughs> social social gain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met like Christian families who had arranged their kids' marriages, and I like talked with people who were a little bit older than me at the time who were in an arranged marriage by their parents, and, and their parents' marriages were arranged, and, and it just was like wonderful. They loved it, they, um, even one of the couples that I had met, they had kids um, who came here to A&M from India, and um, two boys and a girl. And the boy said, hey, if we can't find someone to marry before we're 26, mom, you just find us someone. And that's what happened. And the girl, she actually found a guy, an American guy here and and got married. So they were like supportive either way. But but I just several times saw like parents arranging kids' marriages because it's like they know them really well. You know, Uh, they've seen them from birth. You know, your parents just have like an intuition over your lives, just like mine do. And. And obviously there's some that don't, and you're like, hey, haven't really been around you, or if you have like a broken family or whatever, that's really tough. But um, something about parents who like love their kids, invested in them, they're gonna find like a great mate for them. And uh, this guy in India told me, he was like, you know, you guys in America, you date and then you get married. We get married and then we date for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, that's (laughs) really, that's really true. So who who could arrange my marriage for me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of thought at that point my college friends probably could have done it, but that's probably not true. Honestly, that's, as
1: yeah. my friends, y'all can set me up. Yeah. That. There you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that's funny. Whenever I was thinking about this, though, <laughs> me and my mom last year during quarantine, so
2: bored, we watched
1: this show. Have you ever seen it called uh, "Married at First Sight"?
2: Okay, I've heard of it, but I've yeah, not seen it. it's
1: not. I mean, I don't really recommend watching it. But <laughs> I was just like, hmm, I wonder if that's like what he means, because they had. Yeah. It, you said you've seen it too, right? Yeah, I have. <laughs> Didn't they have like different people who like did like personality things, like mm-hmm. kind of match them up in sociology?
0: So they did and then, that, and then was that the one where it had like the screen and they like talked to you, like oh wait, that's different, a different people? One. Okay. But I
2: forgot what that one's called.
0: Okay, I thought that was when you were talking about. No. I've seen that too
2: where they, like, they meet first and do a dance. They, like, they, they match them, but they don't actually let them meet yet. And they teach them separately the same dance. And then they put them together, and the first thing they do (laughs) is dance. No way. Not even talk or anything. That's crazy. And then they go on a date after that, so.
1: No, yeah, the Married at First Sight show, they, they meet on their wedding day. What? Dude, yeah, crazy. so it's I guess insane. this one was dating. I would not a marriage. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, the, I've seen the dating ones too, but the married at first sight, they literally like, I remember one of the girls was like, "So what's your name?" <laughs> like, didn't even know his name or like what her new last name was. She was yeah, 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 and yeah. Like, oh yeah, I wouldn't recommend going. Yeah, that I'd be route. terrified of that. I would not trust a
2: producer of a TV show no. to <laughs> set me up with someone. Yeah, <laughs> it didn't
1: work out for a lot of them, so.
0: So is like what you just said earlier, is that like when made you start supporting arranged marriages? Like it's just like their insight into it?
2: So, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's a little more tongue in cheek when I say I support arranged marriages. <laughs> you support yeah. certain arranged marriages. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it makes more uh, sense. It's, it's like the shock we, factor yeah. of like, I wrote it down so you would be like, <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so it's like whenever the kids and the parents both kind of are mutual agreement. Yeah.
2: I've and, seen it yeah, in the culture yeah. where that was like how they did things. Right. I've seen it in a like I can see how that was even maybe how God really designed and blessed things, mm-hmm. and it just I guess it kind of opened my eyes to like dating doesn't have to look like what it looks like in America, and and probably helped me f- sort out how I was struggling through dating, you know, that I was trying to figure out absolutely everything about this person mm-hmm. and see if they were actually going to be a really good fit for me. And I, I was just comparison and mm-hmm. I couldn't like, I couldn't actually land on marrying someone cause I was scared that I was going to like not like them eventually, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. But let's say it's a whole deep rabbit yeah. hole, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I would say like it helped. Um, in a culture where that makes sense, or like families where it's like can be blessed, yeah, sure, support it. <laughs> Am I gonna arrange my kids' marriages? Probably not, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. I'll probably have a lot to say yeah, about you know, how to guide them and how to like date someone well. Mm-hmm. Be like, dude, this is you're, you're not asking her out, no way, <laughs> not at all. You're not ready, you're not ready, <laughs> she's not ready. I'm telling you, this is going to be bad, so. Yeah.
1: So how did you end up meeting your wife?
2: Yeah, so I met my wife at Grace when we both became fellows, a part of the fellows program. Mm -hmm. So um, she had graduated college, moved overseas for a couple years, and then was coming back and joined that program, and we literally met in our orientation. And she had been Mm -hmm. fresh off the boat for like two weeks struggling with like moving back to America, you know? Um, yeah, and we just worked with each other for the next two years, and she happened to live directly behind me that first year. Um, I lived in a house, then there was a fence and a little apartment complex, and if you walked, she lived on the second floor. If she walked out, looked over the fence, she could see into <laughs> my backyard. <laughs> nice. yeah, <it's> funny. <laughs> yeah, so she would like call me sometimes like, hey, I have all these extra cookies. Uh, do you want any or I've, I've baked a whole lasagna and only had half of it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you want some or I do you have so an run? egg? Do you have some sugar? You know, she would literally <laughs> call me for that stuff That's and we so funny. meet up over the fence and uh, just became good friends that way. Um, but it took me probably three to four years before I actually asked her out and, mm-hmm. and You know started dating and, okay. and whatever. Yeah, so mm-hmm. But yeah, that's how we went. That's awesome. I love hearing your yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, that's really fun to reflect on. Yeah. So.
0: so you put something else on your like little questionnaire thing. What did you mean by living minim- minimally? Yeah. Like, what is that?
2: Okay, so I will say I'm not a true minimalist because I have not minimal things. Um, or I will say this: there's these guys who live extremely extremely minimally but um, my wife and I both really are like on the same page on this and we just try to live with less like I think just in the this world especially in the in the Western world in the US um, we just we just acquire things you know and I I think there's a kind of a truth that you fully live in the space that you're in Mm -hmm. and so you know we're in Small, decent-sized apartment, and so you have like adequate space in here, and you have what you need. But if you lived in like a three-thousand-square-foot apartment, if you didn't have stuff in there, it would feel empty, and you would be—you would have this drive of mm-hmm. like, well, I, I got to get a couch for that room, and I've got to have at least something on this wall, and you know, something here. And so, but then the question is, like, do you need a three-thousand-square-foot apartment? Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously in this stage of your life, you're like, no, I don't need that. Um, but, uh, so for us, you know, we live in a pretty modest size house and we just say like, all right, how do we just kind of like live with less? Um, I think there's always also like, uh, comes with a challenge to like continually purge things out of your life. And, um, I think the bigger challenge for myself is, um, how to like get rid of things. So I don't, I'm not always prepared for every scenario because I, I really value that. You know, I think growing up in small town East Texas, you know, you've got to be prepared for everything. Oh yes. capable, You know.
0: Tornadoes. Yeah. Floods. <laughs> anything. Hurricanes. I mean. anything.
2: Yeah. Or you know, somebody needs a tow. Yeah. You know? yeah. I literally towed somebody the other day because like I'm capable of doing that. Couple but
0: ratchet straps and chains. Straps.
2: Yeah. Just tie them up and like let's let's go, man but so it's good to be able to do that stuff but Mm -hmm. it's also good to say like okay i could hang on to this thing and use it once every three to five years or i can get rid of it have more space less clutter really is what it is and when i do need it ask someone you know Mm -hmm. it kind of creates community to like Mm -hmm. lean on your neighbors like creates trust trust yeah yeah, all that kind of stuff and again i think with trying to be a capable independent, you know, um, small town person, um, you can start to have this idea of like, okay, I don't really need anyone.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: a bad place to be. Yeah. Um, because we actually do, we need people a lot. And so it's a challenge for me to like figure out how to like put myself in a way where I need to like rest or, um, lean on other people yeah. and, and ask for help and have, have community, you know? Yeah.
0: So So a lot of the stuff that you just said, it reminds me of this architect. His name's Frank Lloyd Wright. He did like the falling water house. You know what I'm talking about? It's like a house and it's like Like built on a waterfall and it like has like these parts that like come off. It's real like famous. Okay. And so before he built that house and like really like kind of took off as an architect, he had this philosophy that he's not like when he built people's houses in like these little like subdivisions, right? He wouldn't give them a garage. And the reason why I wouldn't give him a garage is because he said, he said, if I give you a garage, you're going to put, you're just going to put stuff in it and that stuff you don't need. Like you just, you're going to build your car, a house and just put stuff, your stuff in it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to build a garage. Yeah. So cool. I just thought about that when you were talking mm -hmm. about all that.
2: Yeah. I think it's that same idea of like, just create less space, mm -hmm. live in less space um, and I think you just you're happier you have less clutter and less things to worry about I mean more money more problems right yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. a real thing you have more <laughs> space and um, you know being a couple steps ahead of you guys where I do like have a house and like you know we have things to like take care of and it's like man it you do get worrisome like, as you get more stuff you know it's like fun to have you know a motorcycle I mm-hmm. drove up here on but it's like man, i got to take care of that thing. I've got to, like, pay the registration fees. I've got to pay for maintenance on it. And a couple years, I'll need tires. And, you know, the blinkers don't work. I need to work on that. You know, it's like, ah, there's so many things. You know, I think people don't really calculate the cost, full cost of something, not just the price, but, like, the hours it takes to one, enjoy the thing, or mm. take care of it, maintain it, um, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. anyways, mm. yeah.
1: Awesome, so another thing that you said was um, that you love to do woodwork. Yeah. So we just wanna know what's the coolest thing that you've made. Yeah,
2: oh man, <laughs> and I really thought about this, I was like, I don't, I don't know, I had to like kind of think through back. Or maybe your favorite thing. Yeah, I think, One of the hardest things I've built was a 12 foot long table. So huge, four feet wide table. Yeah, That's huge. Yeah, it was big. So this was for some close family friends of mine that live in town. And uh, it was the husband's, I believe his 40th birthday. And so the wife came to me and she was like, hey, can we, we need to build this table. And they have a really big open space. Like, I think it needs to be about 15 feet long. And I was like, well, let me check it out. So, ended up being 12 was about good. And so, kind of in secret, I built this massive table. That's insane. And then we had to move it in there. And, uh, yeah. and you know, without him knowing. Actually, did he know? Yeah, I think we moved it in without him knowing. That's awesome. Which was also like, really <laughs> tricky. And he just
1: walks in and he's like. Yeah, huge. <laughs> <Yeah, he> was- <laughs> do you
0: like remember how many people it took to lift it? Because I bet you that's yeah, super I mean, it was like
2: I mean it was like three or four of us so okay. i did try to build it in a way to be um not crazy heavy you know over okay. just strong enough to hold itself and be sturdy mm-hmm. so it was i think for the size of it it was like all right this is decently heavy not insane yeah. but okay. it did it, it was awkward to move for sure <laughs> but also just really cool i called we called it like a legacy table because they like you can fit like 20 people around mm-hmm. it and it's gonna be like the table they have probably till they die and, yeah. you know, it's a big gift for him, so That's anyways, awesome. yeah. So.
0: so you said um, you had something to do with Youth Impact. So what is Youth yeah. Impact and what is your role in Youth Impact?
2: My goal? Your role. My role, okay, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Youth Impact is a mentorship, discipleship ministry um, that for kids um, starting next year actually, it's first to twelfth grade, not kindergarten anymore. Um, and so we do an after school program on Thursdays um, for kids all over Bryant College Station and we have college volunteers who put on that program and then the hope is that the college students get to know a kid and mentor them while they're here in college. Um, and yeah, and so we're mentorship discipleship through an after-school program. So, um, my role is I'm now the director of Youth Impact. So I'm on staff at Grace Bible Church, and my responsibility is to make sure that Youth Impact just keeps on moving in the right direction. So, yeah, nice. That's
1: awesome so um how did you become involved in youth impact Or like what led
0: you to this
2: yeah so i did impact retreat which is not youth impact okay. <laughs> people get those confused yeah so impact the freshman retreat mm-hmm. i did that my freshman year and my bg leader uh my like counselor dad or whatever you want to call him was in youth Impact, mm-hmm. and um he after kind of swapping testimonies, stories about our lives. He was like, man, you need to come check this out. And so freshman year, um, 2008, fall freshman year, I jumped into Youth Impact and volunteered all five years. Yes, five years, not four. um, Five years of college. And now I've just been working for them ever since. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, So what's your favorite Youth Impact story?
2: Yeah, this was another one that was like... I've got 13 years of stories. Like I don't even know where to start. But I think the one I want to land on and share is um, the story of my mission buddy. So that's what we call mentors. So I met him when he was in third grade. That's when my freshman year and we started hanging out um, and got to hang out with him um, for a year after year after year. When he got into junior high, high school, I kind of lost touch with him because I stayed with the elementary group. Um, and then he actually got into some trouble, got into, um, like went to juvie and all this kind of stuff. But, um, once he got out, he hit me up one day and we got together, he was probably 17, 18 at this point, and he was like, hey man, you want to get together and read the good word? And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) And he was talking about reading scripture, so we got together. And he told me, while in juvie, um, all he had access to was a Bible, and so he just started reading. And it just leapt off the page to him, and God just really wrecked his life, and he really started walking with him then. And and then now, like, we just, we get together, and we, um, for a while before COVID hit, we were like getting together, reading scripture, and just like talking about it. It's just really fun. And um, it kind of slowed down with that, and now we're kind of hanging out a little bit more. Um, and you know going to lunch and you know he works he's he's you guys age he's that's about 21 um, wow. Which is just really wild um, so yeah I know that's that's kind of my the story I want to share he's uh, it's cool because like we got to invest in him for a couple of years um, and, and then you need to like kind of just don't see any fruit you're just like all right I mean mm-hmm. he got in trouble you know what's going on and it's like man We just planted little seeds, and God was working in his life Mm -hmm. the whole time, and and snatched him up right at the right moment. And uh, then I just get to be on the back end and like be his friend, be his brother in Christ, and you know, that's so cool, um, stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, he's he's
0: an awesome kid. I know. Like I I I hear that, and I'm just like, man, if that's what's in store for like my mission buddy, yeah, uh, because I volunteer with Youth Impact as well. Then I'm like. I'm fired up. Like I got yeah. goosebumps right now. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, and that's like
2: what we try to tell all volunteers. Is like, man, this is a 12 year ministry. You know, you got kids in first, second grade. We're gonna see them long after you leave, when they're in ninth grade, and, you know, tenth grade, trying to figure out life. And we're like, you know, we're, we're somebody else is connecting with them as well. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So just just be faithful. You know. Yeah.
1: And even if you like never heard from your mission buddy and had a relationship with him like he did, it's like, never underestimate the power of those seeds that you are planting. That's so amazing.
2: Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes. So, um, yeah, kind of just how much work I'm sure it's a full time job for you. um, Yeah. With Impact. So like, how does your week look whenever you're just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. doing all
2: of that? Yeah, so it is my full-time job, um, and that's that's really fun because I get to like, you know, think about it all the time and work with an amazing staff and get to know volunteers year after year mm-hmm. and and all that. Um, so, but yeah, the week typically looks like Monday meeting with some of the staff to like plan out the week. Um, Tuesdays, usually like a lot of meetings as well, (laughs) kind of executing some of those things. Um, A lot of my job is making sure that my staff is doing their job, which is making sure we have everything we need for the program, um, making sure volunteers um, are equipped or have all their questions answered, making sure we have supplies, any events we have, Um, just making sure we're meeting all of our marks on those kind of things so um, it really is like um, just leadership of people and making sure their job is getting done and helping them know what their job is and can do it the best of their ability. Um, A lot of times it's also communicating with parents uh, for different reasons whether it's there's um, some needs that have come up and we want to figure out how to help them, how to like come alongside them, to um, you know maybe sometimes just taking care of some bills or um, been talking with a family recently about um, helping their students pay for um, driver's ed and they're gonna like pay for part and we're gonna like pay for part and kind of just partner with them there um, yeah also talking with the church and making sure they know what's going on with youth impact and Um, a lot of forward thinking too like are we are we doing what we need to be doing are we heading in the right direction so Mm -hmm. it's a it's a learning curve for me for sure uh, because I don't know just like with new responsibilities being director just for the last four years I believe Mm -hmm. um, yeah it's just like a whole new set of responsibilities and trying to learn like what all of those are along the way.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Eden, how's your experience in Youth
0: Impact today? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let <laughs> me just tell you about this real quick. So I started Youth Impact in the fall and I found out about Youth Impact from a guy whose Bible study I was going to. Mm. I go to the brew like the next day. And I meet Justin Lee, and he, like, becomes my big dog when I join, and he's like, you should do this. So then I... Wait,
1: what's a big dog? Explain. So a
0: big dog is me. the... <laughs> what are
2: you talking <laughs> about? You did get that from the name? So a big
0: dog is basically our, uh, our groups leaders, so we have, like, like um, big littles, uh, little littles, middle littles, like, those are the age groups, and then you have, like, your leaders of those age groups is your big dogs and then you have like your volunteers underneath your big dogs. So um, we get into, he's like, you should come to the informational and all this. And I'm like, okay, cool, I'll come. I come and I'm like, man, I wanna do this. Like, this just sounds like something I need to do. Um, coming off of like a summer of camp ministry, just continuing that like youth ministry throughout the year. Um, and so I signed up for it and I got put on the, the team basically. Um, and then uh, I ended up meeting my co for the first semester, and it's Cody Davis. Mm. Cody Davis is the guy who invited the, the, what you call it, the small group leader who came and gave me the paper for Youth Impact. Mm. So all of it like connected full connect, circle. Full yeah. circle yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, this guy's awesome. This guy's awesome. And like everything just connected, and I was like, this is awesome. Um, so then we get going through mission and it's the first week and I'm like, man, this is rough. This is hard. Um, and then after like, I see from the start of last year going into the start of like this, like the spring semester, like just seeing how much like the changes towards the kids' attitudes towards me, but not only that, but now there's newer leaders. Um, and they're having to figure out the things that I figured out, but then I was there to be with them and just pour into them and be like, Hey, like, this is like what this kid needs specifically in order to pay attention. And this is what this kid needs in order to like, like be calm and just all these things. And so you just learn these kids so well and you help other volunteers pour into these kids and they're helping you cause they see things that you don't see. And it just, like, it just changes your whole entire mindset as you continue to go through the ministry because you go from a place of not knowing how to like even deal with a kid who doesn't want to listen to you, wants to run and jump and swing from rafters or whatever to being able to specifically pour into that kid because you know that he needs to have that one-on-one time. And then you transition into your new group and you have some of the same kids, some new kids. And so now you're like combining information with other leaders. Um, but also the... Like just camaraderie between like our guy leaders for Big Littles. Like I feel like it was like one of the biggest things yeah. um, this past semester because like we all like loved each other and like hung out and just like like had good times when we were yeah, together. You guys had a good for yeah, sure. we did. And have a good group. Next oh day. my goodness, Clay, <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that guy. Um, but no, awesome. it, Youth Impact has definitely changed me. There's been some points where um, like I was going through some things and Micah – and Justin, they were specifically there just to, like, pour into me and be like, listen, we're, like, on your side. We're going to walk through you with these things. And they never, like, turned their back on me. So, like, that's something that I really admire from their ministry is just how they, they're not going to turn their back on you because they know that you need to be met where you are. And so that's what we have to do with our kids is meet them where they're at. Yeah. So. Dude,
2: heck, yeah. That's great. Getting <laughs> <laughs> to hear, like, your experience, man. Yeah. Uh, shameless plug join us
0: seriously
2: we're trying to get people even over summer so maybe in the show notes we can put like our email address in. Oh, sure. if yes. you're interested yeah. we we'll put it find? on our Instagram yeah <laughs> we're trying to get like 30 guys over the summer and about 10 girls wow. so. speaking of getting 30 guys
0: yeah. I have a guy who's probably gonna want to join in the Home fall so yes. I'm pretty excited about yeah. that yeah. Yeah. I'm get him tell him to hit me up now seriously oh. cool. I already gave him Nick's <laughs> phone number okay yeah great. so Mm -hmm.
1: That's awesome. I love how y'all's ministry is one on one mm and mentorship um, because I think that's just what these, like every kid craves that and Mm -hmm. just needs that um, to be poured into, like you were saying. So, yeah, uh, that's amazing. Yeah,
2: no, we've, I mean, we've seen, and you could probably attest to this in your own life, like people do better. Kids grow up and become better adults when you have like three to five adult Mm -hmm. influences. And so you think, like, okay, if you have. Um, a full parenthood you know you have two parents that's two but you still need like two three more adult influences and youth impact is a place for kids to have that you yeah. know and for you as a, a college student to like be that for mm-hmm. someone and it's yeah it's just it's amazing mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I'm sure you as a college student get like Aiden said he was getting so much out of it you yes. get um, you learn so much from the kids too I'm sure yeah, yeah. so yeah
2: yeah yeah from the kids and so yeah and What what we do, we're reaching out to areas of the community that um, is maybe lower income or just a different pockets. They're like the, the, you know, as a college student, you're going to be around all the like college locations, you know, campus, um, you know, I don't know, grocery store or whatever, Um, but you might get stuck in a little bubble. And so, this kind of gets you out of that bubble and gets you into neighborhoods that you would never go to for any reason, um, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but what it does is like we cross um, ethnic boundaries, we cross social and economic boundaries, and get to know people um, who are made in the same image of God as we are. And it really just opens your eyes to like the different way people live their life, you know? Yeah. You know, just like I had that experience when I went to India because it's a completely different culture. You have basically the same kind of experience um, just by seeing people in your own community that um, just walk a different life than you, so yeah, yeah.
1: I've definitely seen that in different volunteer experiences as well. And it's crazy how we can be in such a bubble here as yeah. college students, because you just walk around and you're like, all I see is college students everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go just down the road, it's a different world. Yep,
0: 100%. Yeah. So what's uh, some advice for our listeners, Uh, specifically things you would tell college students?
2: Yeah. Okay. So another thing I really love is work. Okay. And specifically like how God has brought us into work. Like work is a good thing. It can be a really awesome thing. And college, the whole reason you're going to college is work. Right. Um, But think what I experienced a lot and most people do is like a struggle of figuring out like what really should I be doing like what is the direction I'm going and so um, most people fall into like I gotta find what I'm passionate about right so this is just immediately what I thought of when when I saw this question is um, the thing I'd like to say is just reject reject this idea that you need to like find your passion Um, but instead get really good at something and then do that for the world around you. And that's like actually where passion comes from. So, um, yeah, so that's the short. I could literally talk another two <laughs> hours about this. Yeah, but, it's kind of like um, asking
1: like, what am I good at? And yeah. like, what could I get good at? Exactly,
2: what is the thing you kind of have, you do have some interest, um, there's kind of a few different things that go at play, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what do you have access to? What do you have the ability to learn? Um, and what, yeah, what could you get really good at? And and that really, when you are good at something is, uh, and can do that, for others, or even for income, it's like, man, that's what brings mm-hmm. a lot of fulfillment, um, and I think that's part of what God has designed us for is to like be able to do things to flourish. And and um, there, there's a book that I'll recommend. It's called "So Good They Can't Ignore You," and that's really where this idea for myself has been fleshed out. And um, he says. To find your passion is this perspective of like okay what does the world um, have to offer me and to get really good at something is more like a craftsman perspective you know maybe I'm partial to that because of woodworking. working but um, if you see anything as a craft being a good podcaster um, you get really good at something and then you give that to the world like what can I offer the world and so it's just a much more selfless way to look at things. The passion yeah. mindset is more selfish, like what, what's gonna fulfill me? And it's like, no, no, what can I be really good at and give that away and, or provide that? Yeah. Um, and if you get really good at something, that's how you get paid for it. Because, <laughs> yes. and, and so that phrase, so good they can't ignore you, that actually comes from, um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name, comedian, Steve Martin. Mm. He is, if you guys didn't know this, he's a really good banjo player. Really? Did you guys know this? No. I did not. He is like probably one of the best banjoists. I don't know if that's right <laughs> there. Um, and, and he talks about like getting so good. And, and really he obviously applied it to comedy. Um, <laughs> but he's like, if you get so good at something, people are going to come knock on your door to be like, Hey, we, we need this guy because he's mm. like so good at this. And just figure out what what is that what do you what would you want to get good at so anyways i love
1: that because it's like if we all ask ourselves that question then we would be giving to the world what the world needs exactly yeah
2: Yeah, exactly and hopefully it's free. you know Mm -hmm. to know like it just feels like such a needle in a haystack to say what am i passionate about (laughs) it's like i don't know there's a 20 million I things in the world it's I like, do. there's so many. Yeah, it's like, a, it sounds awesome to, like, be the <laughs> captain of a yacht or something, <laughs> I don't know, or to, like, I, you know, there's just a million different things you can think That's of, funny. you know, or be a, you know, a shark instructor at a <laughs> SeaWorld, they probably don't do shark shows, <laughs> no. SeaWorld, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, so moving into our last segment, um, well, we do this every time is we ask what has been making you feel fully alive lately. Um, so, uh, Peyton will go first, um, I'll go next, and then I we'll first. wrap it up with okay. you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I was thinking about this question today because I was like, oh, what am I <laughs> going to say? But, um, yeah, honestly, I've just been having a great time now that it's summer and I'm done with classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized today is something that's been making me feel more fully alive, or just like realizing. Um, something that's bringing joy to the world is kids and getting to be around kids mm. um i went home and my little cousin was trying to like be my matchmaker life planner <laughs> i don't know okay. and she's, she's in, she's in, she's in third grade oh, yeah, yes. I, was, I was like <laughs> thinking i was like man she would get along with you okay. <laughs> nice. um, no but yeah she's just such a goofball and fun um and it brings me life just to be around her and then um, just today, like right before this, I was uh, with a kid that I volunteer with. Um, I was babysitting him. And we were watching compilations of, this is exactly what we typed in, cats being, what was it? Um, just basically cats being scared. I can't mm-hmm. think of the exact word. <laughs> like frightened. And like different things like, scaring cats like the cucumbers.
2: And, yeah it's funny
1: he talked about the cucumber okay. one. <laughs> i don't get that i don't, I
2: don't know, know.
1: <laughs> but he's just rolling on the floor <laughs> laughing about these videos <laughs> and i'm like the joy of being around the kid and remembering like how mm. much joy like things like that used to bring yeah. me and like it's bringing me joy now but like more through him yeah um yeah and so yeah, yeah, I just get a lot of joy um, being around kids, and I personally like want to work with kids in pediatrics one day, cool. so yeah, definitely that's what I came up
2: yeah, with. Yeah, no, I get it, and I, I've told people after having a, a kid that it's probably, this is probably the sole reason, like enough reason to have a kid is baby laughter. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah. if you have your own kid, you have baby laughter in your house every day. It's like... That's like almost reason enough to
0: have a child. I'm just kidding. What I said earlier in the podcast. Um, yeah, so mine um, is going to be just my internship with summer. I'm uh, interning at my church back home. I'm a youth intern, so I'm working with the youth group real close. But I got to see all the kids yesterday that when I was leaving, they were just now coming in. Oh, cool. um, and some of them like are like, like, they're like two years into high school now, and I'm just like, okay, so now, like, like how can I be there for these kids, and how can I, like, meet them where they're at? Um, also, like, just getting to plan things and come up with ideas. Um, like, we're starting a Bible study this next Thursday, and I'm going to use the DBS way that we've been doing yeah. it, the Youth Impact, um, in order to, like, just pour into them. And um, it's just been a joy um, just getting to see them, like, light up and, when I just come in and they're like, Hey, like, how are you? And they're just asking all these questions because they just, they care, yeah. um, to see somebody that they've met before, um, and then just be there to pour into them. And so I was just being Sweet. bombarded with questions. So that must just really, uh, made me feel fully alive. Yeah.
2: Getting amped up. Mm-hmm. In oh yeah. Summer. Love that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, for me, my easy answer is like Silas, my son, mm-hmm. just getting to hang out with him. <laughs> but I will say, Like something very specifically is like neighborhood walks. Like my wife and I throw Silas in a in his little stroller, and we have a baseball park, a little league baseball park, about a block from us. And we've walked over there like just this week, and they're like playing baseball. You know, it's kind of like memories from old times. Mm -hmm. I was a baseball guy, and just sit there on the bench watching people we have no idea in our place baseball so yeah, you a know, little coach pitch stuff or, yeah um, did you and pick it, a team to root for <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> we, we didn't stay too long uh, but um, yeah it's just really fun to like um, we just love walking through our neighborhood and, and um, yeah just getting to pop over and, and even think about him like playing t-ball in like four or five nice. or six years
0: nice uh, so,
1: yeah. I love like yeah. baseball
0: all right, well, that's episode three, um, th- Micah. Thanks for coming. Yes, thank you so much for taking time. That was so much here. fun. Yeah, it's,
2: been yeah a pleasure. It's, a, it's fun to be here. So yeah. for you guys, this is this is a great, <laughs> a great thing you guys got going here. It's yeah. Cool. So um, you can
0: check us out on Instagram, Pancakes and Good Bowl, uh, or check out our website that's linked in our uh, Instagram. Um, if you want to come on to the show, just like Micah. Um, also, just to announce from the previous week before, the winner of the giveaway that we did um, on the Instagram It was Payton's mom. <laughs> uh, it's completely random. Yeah, yeah, I swear
1: it was random. I posted a little video of the random wheel going around and picked her. That's so. awesome. And
0: that's all we got for today.
1: <laughs> yes.